Thank you, Tank, and, and Susan, and, and, and the praise team, and all those leading the worship this morning. It's, um, it really makes a big difference. We, um, of course, it's all worship, right? You know, this is all part of the worship. We are here now in the spoken word portion of the worship, and, and, and the question today is, was Jesus really tempted? Now, we know the Bible tells us that he was tested, tempted, and we know that's true. But I, I don't know if you all think like I do. Of course, like I, as you all are already figuring out, I have weird thoughts, and my brain works a little twisted sometimes. But I think of, you know, this is perfect Jesus. What do you mean tempted? How could he be tempted? He's God's son. You know, that's just... Come on. I mean, we know he wasn't going to mess up. He didn't do that. And, but the Bible tells us he was tested. It's in Matthew chapter 4. And that's where we are this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read um, about exactly what went on. So if you would like to stand with me, those that are able, uh, to stand with me as we read chapter 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. May God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated. So we know that this is God's son, Jesus. We know that he'd been in the desert fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights. We know Satan knew very well who he was. He had no doubts who he was dealing with. Yet he still felt like, I'm going to test him just to see. Now, if you read a little bit before this, Jesus had just been baptized. Remember? He came out of the water, and, he, and the voice of God, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Then he goes straight to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. But we know that Satan never rests. Does he? <laughs> Anybody that's been on a spiritual high, when things are really going, you really, wow, we felt God is presence what happens after that man the devil gets in the middle of everything you get a phone call from so-and-so giving about or you get you know whatever you know you get this stuff happens right anything happens you be you think wow i really we just had revival had 10 people saved all this and then somebody go yeah, but it was so weird that way that guy said that. Or you know, I mean, you know, somebody will do that. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've come back from camp and, and the kids are all pumped up, excited, ready to go, ready to, as I say, take on hell with a water pistol. You know, they're ready to go. And what do they do? Somebody comes and puts a wet blanket on top of it, right? 
yeah, but those kids, they just get to those spiritual highs and they come fall and crash and burn the next week. Or, you know, we have those people that come. It's always, and what is that? It's just Satan going, let me get you. We know you're doing well. We know God's. No. After great spiritual highs, he, wants, he does not want to see us have spiritual victories. Now, I'm sorry, the baptism of Jesus was a spiritual high. He'd heard his father say, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Wow, can you fathom what that must have felt like? He also know that we need to learn lessons sometimes. So that's one of the things he goes through. We know that he was not going to give in to these temptations. But he also knew that we needed to read about them and hear about them. We need to know that he goes through some of the same stuff we do. And you go, well, I've never been tempted to turn rocks into bread. Well, that's because we never did. You know, we weren't able to. But the 40 days and 40 nights shows that Jesus really depended on God. It was through God that a man could fast for 40 days. I can't fast for 40 minutes without being hungry. 40 hours would be nigh impossible. 40 days, just shoot me, you know. I mean, that, but we know that God can, we also know that 40 days is the time of, temp, of testing. Noah, the ark, 40 days and 40 nights. Moses, the mountain. Elijah, we talked about, matter of fact, just last week, two weeks ago. Um, so we know 40 days is, is that time of testing. So here we go. Jesus is in tune with God. He's been fasting and praying with God for 40 days and 40 nights. He was, they, him and God were tight by that point, right? They were ready to go. They were set. He was spending that time. He was also weak. So the first temptation or test comes. Turn rocks into bread. What a logical thing to do. He was hungry. Turn those rocks into bread. What would be wrong with that? It seems like a logical thing to do. It seems like something. He was hungry. Think He would hurt nobody. Not hurting the rocks. Wouldn't hurt anybody. Wouldn't hurt anything. It was no big deal. He was hungry. Why not eat? Lust of the flesh. That was the temptation. Our bodies desire all kinds of things, and we can't always give in to it, can we? <laughs> As many of you know, <laughs> I just got off a cruise. You want to talk about food? There was plenty of food. There were desserts everywhere. There were all these things. Did I need to eat all those things? Of course not. Did I partake? Yes, I did. I got caught up, you know. You know, but here I am, desserts for days. It, it, when you go to your dinner, you know, do you want an appetizer? Oh, you want two? Sure, no problem. Oh, uh, desserts? Oh, you like two of these desserts? Not a problem. We'll take there and care of that. Well, anything you want, we're there. Um, I had a pastor friend who used to call cruises the height of decadence. You know, just one of those things that every, your every whim is taken care of. Anything you want to do, you just sit back and enjoy and let them take care of you. Which I guess is why I like cruises so much. I like the fact that I don't have to make any decisions. It's there. I can do it. If I want to do it, I can. If I don't, I don't have to. I don't have anybody. I'm not having to lead a group to say, come in, come and do this. Be here at this time. Because I've done some of those cruises. Those were not as much fun where I was kind of in charge. But on the, this one, you know, my son and I just went and 
took it all in, watched football on Monday and Thursday night with the big screen out on by the pool, eating popcorn. It was great, you know? I mean, it was an awesome time. But everything was taken. But the lust of the flesh is right there. I mean, let's get real. There, there, is, there it is. Anything that the body desires, you had it there. We don't need to always take care of those things. Um, they got, giving into whatever you want <laughs> is not what we are supposed to do. Also, using God-given gifts for personal gain doesn't seem... You know, it would be like me if I had the gift of creating things to create myself a Ferrari so I'd have something cool to drive around in, you know. You know, while I can't compare eating bread after eating, not eating for 40 days, it's the same. And it is, to, to Jesus it would have been. Because he was in tune with the Father and he said, I've got to do what I was told. He was not, he knew it was not what he was supposed to do. We know, all know things that are not necessarily wrong, but we probably shouldn't do them. There are certain things we don't say, even though it may be the truth, out loud, because it would hurt them, right? It's not necessarily wrong, but you don't say it out loud, do you? You know, every husband and wife has, knows exactly what I'm talking about, you know? They say, they do some things, they ask some questions, they do things that they really don't want to know the answer to, right? We know this, and so we know that that's not, so we know that that there are some things that are not necessarily wrong that we should not do. And Jesus knew this. And he let Satan know that he was not looking out for his best interest. He was so in tune to God that he knew he was not to follow what seemed to be a logical thing to do. Then the next temptation comes up. Now this one seems a little more far-fetched to me. He's standing up on the top of the temple... Standing up there, he says, throw yourself off the temple and let the angels catch you. Well, that would be a spectacle, wouldn't it? I'm going to do a nosedive off the top of the temple and watch the angels catch me, and I won't even think, I love it. In the message, it, it says, you won't even stub your toe. <laughs> you know, you won't even stub your toe. You're going to dive off, the angels are going to catch you. But the pride of life, that temptation was not quite as logical but when you think about it, it would sure help him let people know who Jesus was, wouldn't it? All of a sudden, there's a big crowd of people that would know, oh, look at the miracle this guy can do. And all of a sudden, he would be the miracle guy. He could shortcut a little bit. Because all of a sudden, people would know who he was, and he'd get a jump start on his ministry. This is a big deal. We all understand shortcuts, how we get to a certain place we want to get quicker. Wouldn't it be nice just to not have to do the work, just to get there? You know, miracle things. Make a public display. Let God take care of you. And he, everybody will be going, look at this guy. Look, at it's Jesus diving off the platform. Look at Jesus, what he did. Look at the miracles. Wouldn't we like to have miracle ministries? Boom! The nursery is full. Not only that, plenty of workers. Amen! Boom! The choir is full with orchestra. Amen! Hallelujah! Boom! Everybody's here, everybody's working, everybody's having a great time, enjoying, praising Jesus, and telling others about who he is. Can't cram them in here. 
have to use, open up all the doors, even the doors outside that are coming in on things. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, the person in here wouldn't like to see that happen. But we also know if it went boom, where, what was our job? See, God has plans for us. It's not that he doesn't want to see the nursery full and plenty of workers. It's not that he doesn't want to see a choir and orchestra. It's not that he didn't want to see this place packed, crammed, full. He wants us to be faithful and to trust him and to follow him. And we need to be faithful and trust him and follow him. That's the way. There's no shortcut to that point. We have to continue to do things. They aren't bad things. We just know that people are going to be watching for a miracle. Satan even used scripture, right? He used scripture on him and said, told him this is what's going to happen. You know, when you, when you do this, look what's happening. He will command his angels concerning. He told him, he quoted scripture. And, but Satan tends to use scripture out of context, doesn't he? There, there's a story of a preacher that decided he was going to use scripture. He was just going to open the Bible and point to a verse. And preach on that verse. My son tells me to try that, and I said no. So his first one, he opened his Bible and turned to Matthew 27, 5. He put, put his finger on it, and it says, let me get on the right, get on the right page, then it'll help a lot. 25, 5 does not work. 27, 5, he pointed to it, and it says, So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. So he's going, hmm, how do I preach on that? He goes, hmm, maybe I better change and try another one. So he flipped over, put his finger on Luke 10, 37. Go and do thou likewise. That's taking scripture out of context. The scripture is not telling us to go out and hang ourselves, right? We pray that it's not. We know that it's not. Because that's what we do. And if we take the scripture out of context, we are going to find ourselves in trouble. Many times, I, I have to watch myself. Because I, I, you know, you pick a passage of scripture, and I try to, if you've noticed, I try to get what, what's the context, what happened before it. And then what happens a little after it? Just why? Because we need to have the context. We give Satan power and make out that he is stronger than he is. Satan does, does have power, and he is very strong. But God has more. And we have God's power at our disposal. And we forget that. We tend to forget that. The third test or temptation was the lust of the eyes. Another shortcut. Took him to the top of the mountain. Says, look at all this world. It's all yours. Just bow down and worship me. Now, I've always, as I've studied this and looked at this, I've always looked at this and said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. There's no way Jesus would ever even contemplate that. That was no test. That was just pure foolishness right was it we have to think about it a minute number one satan was in control of all that he pointed out to we we forget that but satan has control over this world folks i know that's hard to believe and hard to 
Not only that, yeah, God's just kind of giving him rain. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, God doesn't, God still keeps his eye. God's still there for us. God still can take over. God still can take, but, but right now, Satan pretty much has control. If you don't believe me, here again, watch the news. But not only that, so Satan has got control of this world. He's telling Jesus, look, I'll give it all to you. I'll give it to you. Now see, Jesus could take that, no cross. Because he could make it that perfect place to live. He could do good things with the world instead of the bad things. He could take our world and make it a wonderful place. Can you imagine if Jesus really was ruling the world? What a place it would be? But again, this is a shortcut. Jesus knew that this was not right. There's really no way he's going to bow down and worship Satan. We understand that. No way. But it would have been a shortcut. He could have done away with the cross. He could have done away with all those silly things. He could have made the world a wonderful place that everybody wants to live in and love. But he would be going against the Father. And you don't worship anything but God the Father. Y'all got that? That's who we worship. Unfortunately, we don't really have that. Because we bow down and worship to all kinds of things that we know we shouldn't bow down and worship. The almighty sports, the almighty recreational activities, the almighty dollar. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? We have a lot of things that we bow down and worship. You know, I mean, let's face it, yesterday was a good day. If you're a Georgia fan, yesterday was a great day. If you were a Georgia Tech fan, it was a great day. Florida State even won. And Alabama lost. You know, so what I'm saying, it was a great day. But folks, that's not what we're about, is it? It was a fun day. I stayed up too late watching that crazy game. But that's not who I worship and what I worship. If it had been a bad day, we would all be a little bit mopier probably today. But it should not be the end of our world because we have Christ. And we have a Savior that we worship. And he's what's really important. And that's what Jesus knew. And he quoted scripture back at him. All these scriptures were out of De Deuteronomy. You know, these were scriptures that Jesus knew well. And he quoted back and says, <laughs> no, no, no. We cannot take shortcuts to get our goals met, however possible it may be. We have to find the will of the Father. Jesus knew the will of the Father. It's all about him. It's not about us. Even Jesus knew it was about the Father. He's God's son, yet he knew it was still about the Father. But you know Satan, he tries to weasel himself in, tries to get into our lives any way he can, and if we're not careful, he will. If we don't stay tuned to the Father... And stay in touch with him and watch him and follow him. 
we're not going to make it. Because if our eyes aren't on Him, we're not going to get anywhere. And we'll never see anything that we'd like to see Him do in our midst. It's got to always be about Him. It may be harder, and it may be tougher, and it may be more painful, but it is what is right. And being in His will is amazing. Anytime you found yourself just kind of, yep, this is where God wants me. This is his will. This is what you find a peace that you don't understand or is there. So what happens after we test and get tested or tempted? When we get through those things, what happens? The angels come and minister to him. And they will come and minister to you. Many of you have been through tough, tough times. Things that you didn't think you were going to get through. Things that you thought were, well, this is the end. This is the end of the earth. This is it. This is, oh, I, don't, I can't do it. My guess is everybody in this room has been through something like that. But you found, if you're like me, you found that after you get to the end, God finds a way to minister to you and take you to the next level, to the next place you're supposed to be, to whatever it may be. He comes and ministers and takes care of all of our needs. We forget this. I don't know why, but we do. We forget that He wants to take care of all your needs, all your things you need, all the stuff that you think, oh no, He, didn't, he don't have time to fool with that little thing. Yeah, he does. He takes care of all the little details, all the little tiny things that I can't. Anybody that knows me at all knows I am not a detail person. I am not. I, I admit it right up front, right now, in front of God and everybody, I am not a detail person. I have to have God take care of those details. My wife is a detail person. I think most wives seem to be that way. They kind of just take care of the details for us, you know, so we get through life. But, you know, I, I know it flip-flops. But usually a couple, one of them is a detailed person and one of them isn't. If you watch, that's kind of how it usually works. One of them is and one of them isn't. Why is that? Because God knows we need to have details taken care of. And guess what? God takes care of details for us. He's taken care of so many details in my life, I don't like how did that happen? I would have forgotten that. I would have missed that. I would have missed. But it was taken care of. God comes and ministers and takes care of our, our needs. He will not leave us in the desert alone. We feel like it sometimes. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm just wandering in the desert. He doesn't leave us alone. He is there for us. Whether it feels that way or not, we have to trust him and his will. And angels will come and minister to you. If that doesn't put a smile to your face, knowing that God's going to send angels or send something here to you to take care of you and minister to all your needs. You know Jesus was hungry. That was taken care of. And my guess it was better than rock bread. I guarantee it. Because the Father looks after son the father looks after his children 
Guess what? We're his children. That is our promise and our glory and what he has for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for the way you take care of us. Lord, we don't like going through testing times or temptation times. But we know, Lord, we grow through it. And Lord, we know we need it. And Lord, we know Jesus went through it. And Lord, we need you to come and help us. We thank you for who you are in your presence. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy. And most of all, we thank you for sending Jesus so that we might be saved. Thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.